Welcome to the Nightly Rant. I'm Mike. And I'm Toria. This is the show where we talk about the awful things that have happened in our day, the awesome things that have happened in our day, and all the things in between. Thanks for listening, and we truly hope you enjoy. So, so, what did we do today? Many, many things, including attending a cross-country meet. Mitchell's first cross-country meet. Little guy did pretty damn good. Yes, he did. Top ten. Top ten. He's a wiener. It's just, it was interesting, though, because... We got there, actually, if you think about it, right on time. Because we got there right when the seventh graders were seventh graders were just starting when we got there. Yep. So we got to see both races. And they, in order to save time, it's not like high school. Because in high school, with Alyssa, it's girls, um, freshmen, boys, freshmen. Mm-hmm. Girls, sophomores, boys, sophomores. Yep. You know, then... Girls junior varsity, boys junior varsity, girls the high varsity, school boys one, varsity. It was all this, all the seventh graders and then all the eighth graders. Yeah, there was, was no girls and boys were together separating the boys and girls. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. That is accurate. But then what I he's get a kick out of a guy is yelling at his kid and he's like, "When do you race?" And the kid was like. I already raced. He was in the seventh grade. I already raced. What? You already competed? It's like, yeah, I already competed. You missed it, dude. And the guy's like, oh, but I'm, I, I'm here. You know, I don't understand. Well, that dude had gotten there like a good 25 minutes after. Yeah, he got there. After we got there. He got there to where we were standing right before the eighth grader started. And I yeah. think the slowest seventh grader was like. 31 minutes or something like that. Yeah, so it's just funny because he was completely and totally clueless. The funniest part, I thought, was the fact that he said he'd seen his kid over, like, on the field. And, oh, I thought you were just warming up. Yes, that's why there was an entire pack of seventh graders running all together all at once from three different schools. That's why that's why they weren't doing that. Because they were warming because up. Because they were warming up. Sweet Jesus. Bro. Bro. When you put it like that, that's pretty funny. Like, I know. Seriously, that is I, he's, he was just the dumbest funny. thing I've ever experienced in my life. Well, and then it's like... The poor kid, you can even tell that the poor kid thinks he's, his dad is an idiot. Right? Like, seriously, the poor kid's, like, rolling his eyes, like, is that what you think, dad? The kid was, like, facepalm. It, it's, it was sad. It was really, really sad. But then, I mean, that is just, you know, all all these little groups <clears throat> that you get into become, they're just a microcosm of the rest of society. So, if, you know... of society acts a certain way, well, 5% of this little group's probably going to act a certain way. That's fairly true. I think you have to have a, like, 
over some unknown to me number size of group for it to work out. For it to be statistically accurate. Because like-minded people do tend to flock together. Yeah. This is true. But that's the point, though. It's like you, as I said, you if you know what society as a whole, what their makeup is, well, you're then you're going to understand the smaller groups as well. It's They're no- more than likely made up of those same groups. Maybe not all of them, but they are made up of those groups. It's no coincidence that all the rent-parking dickheads in our building are either the people from that one apartment or friends of the people from that one apartment. Yeah. That's an interesting observation, though, that you're right. People who are like-minded people flock together. Well, yeah. Birds of a feather, you know? But that's why I start the rumor that the tow truck company is going to come. Right, I mean, because all those people what, hang out. And technically, that's what that paper says they're going to do. They're going to come by on a regular basis and tow your ass away. Clearly, they don't do it, though. I think it'd be funny. I think all it would take is once happening to those specific people, and they would never park on the ramp again. Yeah. Those people, though. It would have to happen to them. Yeah. Because they're too oblivious for it to happen you know, to anyone else. You know, at the at the trailer park over there... Yeah. The guy that the manager used to have the tow truck go through on a regular basis. I thought that's what her plan was here. Yeah. That's what her letter says. Mm Mm-hmm. But she hasn't done it. Or the tow company is useless and she just doesn't know that. Could be. Guess anything's possible. Useless tow company would fit in with all the other contractors they tend to hire. But that's why it's smart to um, have a... After hours manager. Yeah. Because the after hours manager, if they're paying attention, can report back to you the things that are going on. Keyword, paying attention. Who's perpetrating what. We may have an after hours manager, but they don't pay any attention at all. Yeah. So. Kind of sad. Nice people. Kind of sad. Well, yeah, pretty much. Super nice people. Is she nice people too? Because I know she's nice people. I've never really... She gives me dirty looks when I walk past her, so I've never had a conversation. <laughs> I think she is RBF. Mm, probably. She's nice. And Yogi kind of like tolerates their dog. Well, their dog doesn't harass him, so. Right. So he just tolerates. It's not like he, it's not like Sally where he loves Sally. Like he would, he live for, to see Sally, man. He loves that, that dog. Yeah, he does. And he gets all disappointed when he sees Sally's owner without her. Yep. Like tonight. He was sniffing him. Then he was like, hey. Where's Sally? Where's my friend? I smell her. I know. I have a fur monster next to me. Oh, boy. Every night that same one comes out. She she likes... Parker likes the, like, gentle pets. She likes, like, like dig in the fingers and scratch my back pets. Yeah. She's cute. So what else is going on today? I don't know what else went on today. A lot of work. That was pretty much it. Two new, two new podcast launch customers. I know That'd you'll you'll have lots of lots of um, work ahead of you. Yeah, starting it's gonna tomorrow, be really. It's gonna be real busy because they're basically they have four week windows to get them launched. I don't see why you couldn't accomplish all of it in a four week window. Me either. Heck, I think you could do it in a one-week window if you really put your mind to it. Well, both if you really put your mind to it. The two-person effort, but yeah. Yeah. Could be done. Yeah. 
Four weeks seems like ample time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even even scheduling out the tasks, I can see that there's a nice big, <clears throat> probably one week early. Yeah. I know. Um. I know when Joel schedules the express sites, he started telling people they take two weeks now instead of one. A little bit more realistic timeline since he's having a really hard time meeting the other timeline. And now two weeks seems like too much. It'd be like ten days is the perfect window. Yeah, I would still tell clients two weeks though. Yeah, it allows for testing. Well, just once in a while there's that unforeseen situation on a machine. And you have two machines running the same exact software. And for some reason, the one on the left won't function correctly while the one on the right is functioning perfectly and you can't figure out well what's different between the two of them why right right and sometimes it's just not an you know it's not an obvious uh it just just makes more sense to if you can't make the goal of one week try two weeks yeah because no one's gonna complain if you launch their site in 10 days when you promised them 14. It also but if you promise them 10 and it takes you 14, they can complain. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it also gives them the, the freedom to uh, take on more projects at once. Sure. Well, because it makes it even. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm tracking our on-time percentage. Because that's a differentiator. If you can tell people we're on time... 90, 99.99999% of the time, that kind of, that kind of on time percentage would convince even the most difficult client to give you a try. I think so too. I mean, I know what goes a long way in the virtual assistant world is the, is the claim that you're diligent with tasks and make sure they're always done on time and all that good stuff. Yeah, and I would imagine flexibility would be a big skill that you need to have to make it work. Yeah, and people tend to demand, like, on-call ability. Like, they want you, when they tell you to do a task, they want you to be able to do it within 24 hours kind of thing. But now you can maybe see why you build in the office hours clause in your contract. Uh-huh. Because can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't? Right. You know, I don't really get anybody bothering me. Even the upper clients that I don't have that contract with, nobody really bothers me late at night. And if they do, they don't expect anything until morning. I think it's just a protection, though. You know, like, it's a polite way to have the conversation about, please respect my boundaries. Yeah. Without having to say, please respect my boundaries. Yep. And so it's a little less confrontational, but at the same time, very direct. Here you go. Here's what our boundaries are. Right. Right. I mean, one of the things Tony is really good at, like, he is the master manipulator. He is. Yeah. He's like, so I I know I can't really come at you right now and get you to just drop everything and jump because it's been five months and nobody said a word, so that's kind of not the right thing to do. But the client would really like to know, like, in the next day or two, since yesterday, so in other words, they'd like to know today what those numbers are going to be. And he goes, and they're more interested in, it was kind of a hint to me that I could charge a bit more. 
He goes, they're more interested in how long it's going to take and not so much as how much it's going to cost. They're not so much worried about the cost. <laughs> and then he says to me, and I know you, you know, and your prices are fair. He goes, so um, it'll be fine. And he goes, now don't gouge me. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was really funny. He He's a good guy. I could use like five more guys like that. Kind of like I could use five more clients like Terry. Yeah. Or Joel. Yep. I like them both. They're nice people who respect my time. Well, it appears to me, and I could be completely off base here, but it appears to me that the people you're working with right now are pretty respectful of your time. Yeah. That's what it appears to me. Like, I don't, for one, I don't hear you complaining about someone being disrespectful of your time. And I don't personally see myself going, well, I was kind of disrespectful of them to contact her now. None of my current clients push any of my boundaries. Because to me, to me, if a client were to say to me, you know, if I were to say to the client, all right, I'm going to work for you from nine to five. And then they were to say to me, yeah, okay, well, we don't, we don't need any work done after five o'clock or before nine o'clock. Okay, great. If they were to send me a text at nine 30 at night saying, Hey, tomorrow, can you take a look at X, Y, or Z? Right. I would not care in the least. Well, because it's just a reminder for tomorrow. Exactly. It's just a giving me a head start for tomorrow. It's not I don't like they're sending to... you a text going, can you do this right now? Right. And I don't need to like stop what I'm doing and be them. Right. You know, do their work right then. I don't have to do that. Right. He can wait till tomorrow. I respect that. That's okay. To me, that's not the, the fees are in there for the people who are going to insist you're going to do the work right then. Okay. I'll do the work for you. That's not a problem. But boy, are you going to pay for it? Which will teach you to either not do it. Or make you some extra money. You know, it's it's an interesting conversation that we could probably go a whole entire episode on. And we don't have a whole entire episode left. <laughs> but we could go on and on and on about how people are different when you work with them versus alongside of them. <laughs> yeah. And, that seems to happen a lot. And how people are very, um, it's rare, honestly, it's rare to find someone like Richard, who is just a sincere guy, and tells you what's on his mind and doesn't sugarcoat anything. Right. I mean, like in two seconds from us talking the first time, the first year that we met up with him, he looked at me and he was like, you're you're holding yourself back. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? He goes, well, you have all these ideas. Why haven't you put any of them into reality? Right. And then I stopped and I thought about it and I went, because I convinced myself that it won't work. So why try? And now look at where you are a year later. And his comment was kind of like, you know what? You can't, you can't look at it that way. You have to look at it as what would happen if it's, if I don't do it and it could have been a success, then what? And I thought about it and by, and in that respect, you'd be living with regret and I don't want to live with regret. Regrets aren't worth your time. But that's what happens. It's natural, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that people like him are rare. <laughs> 
that they're so genuine and they're not afraid to tell you what you need what you need to hear. He not just what you want dumps to hear. his brain in your general direction in the but he's not rude about it. I mean some people are just like no filter, super rude all the time. He's not one yeah. of those people. Yeah. Like I say, he's rare. Yeah. And I mean, and I feel like he's he's got an approach that would work with almost everybody. Except people who don't like to be teased. Yeah. They are the type of people. Well, and what's funny, I am not usually very perceptive about teasing versus not teasing. Mm-hmm. Which is weird considering... That you're the master teaser? I'm the one who always teases people. And I tell people, when I stop teasing you, there's something wrong. Right. I mean, that's how you can tell if I'm mad. Right. If I'm mad and I'm not... If, if I go an hour and I don't tease you, I'm probably upset about something. Fair enough. And it doesn't necessarily mean you, but I'm probably upset about something. Yeah. And... You're at a loss for words. Trying to put it into the right... That was a cat sneeze. Oh, okay. Well, I say to watch that one cat sneeze. She sneezes whenever you pet her too much. I think she's allergic to her own fur. <laughs> so, it wouldn't be too alarmed by That's funny. It gets all over her face when you scratch her head a lot, and then she sneezes a couple times after. Oh, it's nothing poor I would baby. be too concerned about. Poor sweetheart. That's too bad. Now, where were we? You were trying to think of the words to describe your lack of perception when it comes to teasing. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, just, I don't notice it. And so, at first, when people are like him, where they're teasers, Mm -hmm. at first it makes me just a tiny bit uncomfortable. Not like, pull back uncomfortable, and not like, in fear for your life uncomfortable. Just kind of like, I'm not used to being in this spot right now. This feels really weird. The first time we met up with him, I was the target of his harassment. I very much appreciated this most more recent time where you were the target of his harassment. <laughs> Spreads it around. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. This time, <clears throat> I wasn't uncomfortable at all. Because you knew it was coming. Exactly. And it's kind of a... It's always weird know. when you meet somebody new, though. Yeah, but... And, and exactly. And you kind of... I, I've, I also think that once you meet somebody in person... You sort of pay more attention to each other's online presence. Right. Than you, you know, you may have paid attention before, at least you thought you did, but now you really pay attention. It's like we said, like, when you take a bus, I never really noticed buses around here. But if we needed to take a bus up Lincoln for some reason, the next, after that, for a long time, I would see every single damn bus. I'd be, oh, there's a bus. How come I never seen the bus before? Literally, that's how I'd feel about it. Yet, we both know we've seen the bus, but we just don't actually see the bus. It just doesn't register. You don't. I used to be a public transit person. I always see buses. I like to know but, where they're But going. you just proved my point. Right. <laughs> I don't use... don't use it, don't know it. <clears throat> like, I could tell you the trains. Man, when we would go... On our train adventures, I felt perfectly comfortable because I did that every freaking day. It was like, who? Oh, we're in a, oh my God, dad, we're in a bad neighborhood. Oh my God. Just relax. They're just people like you and me. Knock it off. They're not going to hurt you. Two things. When we were watching Shark Tank earlier, 
There was these healthy food people. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The donut people. No. No? They were legitimately healthy food people. Okay. And they they had a model where where they were um they have places in Santa Monica, places in like other affluent neighborhoods on mm-hmm. in that county, and then they have they have places in like Watts and Compton and super low income neighborhoods. Uh-huh. And they are their mission was to bring like healthy fresh food to lower income people at prices that they could afford, like fast food prices, while charging normal Santa Monica prices in places like Santa Monica. So the same meal would be like $9 in Santa Monica and $4 in in, um, Compton. And Mitchell's sitting here. He's like, guess we're going to Compton for lunch because that stuff looks good. (laughs) I was like, but Mitchell, Compton. But that, then, what you just said reminded me. You know we have not been on the train since our mishap? I know. Since coming back from the soccer game. Yeah. That was like July something. Yeah. Yeah. August, September, October, November, December, <laughs> January. Six months. It's been six months. I think we could get on a train <clears throat> again. I think I'm over I'm, it. I'm, um, thinking, I'm thinking of going and having lunch with Ashley on Tuesday. I'm taking the train there. Yeah. But she says to try to come closer to 1 o'clock. Which means we need to leave at like 11.30. Yeah, 11.30. We could pull it off. Yeah. I get up early. Pull it off. It's just my last chance to do that, so. Yeah. For a while. (laughs) Until the contract's over. Yep. But. So you mean we're going to get on a... I think you need to tell the people what our train mishap was before they think we got robbed well, or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You're right. We, you know, Mitchell loves soccer. With a capital L. And Alyssa won't admit it, but she loves soccer, too. <laughs> she at least likes soccer with she a capital L. She at least likes L. it, yeah. And anyway, yeah. we took Mitchell and Alyssa to a soccer game at the Los Angeles Coliseum. Now... In order to get there, you have to take three three train lines to get there. Because we took the blue, the green, you and go the to, expo. You go to Norwalk Station, and you take the green line. Oh, no order. And then at the at the Watts Station, you the Rosa Parks Station, Watts, Wilmington. You switch to the blue train. Uh-huh. You take the blue train to Pico. Uh-huh. You get off at Pico, you go the opposite direction for the Expo train that comes and stops there at Pico. You get on that, and you get off at Exposition Park. That's it. That's where the Coliseum is. Right. So we take the train was, there. The harm was, it was going smooth there. as silk. The only thing that was screwed up was that they were insisting on um, see-through bags. At the Coliseum. At the Coliseum. We so didn't that know. screwed us up a little. We didn't know, and so we had to wait in a line, but... It ultimately, you know... We missed the very beginning of the soccer game, waiting for food and a yeah, super bag. Yeah, and then we had to wait for food. And I mean, so that was, it was fun. It was a typical, you know, night out and, you know, there were some mishaps. It wasn't perfect, but it was, it was a great time. But the mishaps all made us laugh. Right. Later. Like right. the rude dude at the food place. Right. That makes us laugh now. Yeah, we laughed. But we got back out of there pretty quick. Yep. We get to the train and there's already a train there and it's leaving because it's too full. And then we waiting. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. 30 minutes goes by. Yeah, no train. They kept telling us it's going to be like every seven minutes. 
No train. So it was like 35 total minutes from one train leaving to the next train arriving. And by that time, you can only imagine how many people are standing on the train platform. Also, the train was already packed when it got to the train platform we were standing on. Yeah. So four trains later, almost two hours of standing on this train platform, we finally get on a train, like sardines, smushed into the train. And then the part that was obviously my favorite is you can only imagine the mood people are in. Right. Standing on this train platform. Like there was sassy people, there was douchebags, there was drunk people. Then, then, we get on the train. It's all fine and dandy. Wait, 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 wait. Wasn't there something where some guy tried to confront me on the... Yeah, he told you to get your gut off of his back. Yeah, and I said something about it. How about he gets his back off of your gut or whatever, and then he was peewee and... Yeah. You had a good laugh. (laughs) Yeah, that guy was weird. (laughs) It was strange, yeah. So we get on the train, all fine and dandy. We get to the blue line... Blue. Right. Mm-hmm. You're the right. blue line's all fine and dandy. And then we get to the station where you switch to the green line. And there's no train there yet. Okay. The internet says a train is coming in nine minutes. Yep. 45 minutes later, no train has come. And, and now the internet says no trains are coming. But that's not what the internet said. The internet said we needed to take the train back a station, get off in Compton, no, and not walk back station. home. Forward a station, right? It told us. It told us that the way to get to um, the Norwalk station was to go one more station down to Compton, get off, and then walk. And it was going to be like seven hours that it was take us to get home. Like, who programmed that? That's kind of funny. Who tells you to go to the Compton? Well, and can Is you there imagine? Not a, but can you ghetto imagine, requirement? But can you not imagine what would happen if it was a tourist who didn't completely have? a grasp of the English language, and they suddenly... And they didn't know what Uber was? told me to get off and walk, so I did. And then they get mugged, and they find their body 12 years later in a ravine. Yeah, it's so sad. But yeah, and then that was the night that we ended up... We called the Uber. The guy was Super Uber nice. Yeah. He had waters. He was a good guy. Super leathery car. Got us back to the car, dropped us right off at the car. And we have quite literally not even thought about taking the train since then. No, we haven't. You're right. You're right. We were so traumatized. But I was talking to Ashley about potentially coming there, and I told her I'd let her know, but... Let's be real. The first time I was on the train, I saw transvestite hookers. Yeah. Like, stereotypical ones. Like, cackling. Yeah. But this, this last experience is what traumatized me to not want to take the train anymore. Yeah, Ridiculous. If it wasn't for ride-sharing services, we would have had to call a taxi. And that would have been horrendously expensive. Yeah. Probably like $40 oh, instead of the 10 Uber, the Uber was like 12 bucks. Yeah. It wasn't cheap, super cheap either, if you think about it. Ugh. That's why I don't understand. Like, when I would drive, there'd be people that were taking the Uber from Cyprus to Irvine. And they say, yeah, this is how I go to work every day. Well, I sure hope they have a ride home because one way was like $24. Who's paying $250 a week for transportation like that? You know, I bet you they did have a ride home, just not a ride there. But even at 125 a week, it's still a lot of money to pay for transportation. Well, yeah, but when you think about your car payment, 
Yeah, that's what gas I was just money. Here. That's funny. It's actually was just registering with maintenance. Me. It's probably more like two hundred and fifty dollars a week. Yeah. Depending on the, the amount of your car payment, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Hmm. I didn't think about that. Until, well, I, as we you were saying it, I was thinking about it, but I didn't think about it before I said what I said. That's interesting. <laughs> well, I think we're all ready to sack in. So Sack in? Yeah, jump in the sack. Go to sleep. Alrighty. Look at Yogi. He's already sacked in. He's dead. He's so. sleeping on the remote. <laughs> He's remotely sleeping. Yep. He does everything remotely. He's a butthead. I got God. Love you, kiddo. Anyway. Thanks. <laughs> now I can't talk anymore. Now you can talk. I, I release you, you to speak. It. Good night, everyone. Hasta la bye bye. Hey, this is Mike, and I just wanted to tell you that if you enjoyed the show, and I truly hope you did, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play and not miss a single episode. But if you happened to miss an episode uh, and you didn't find it on Google Play or iTunes for some reason, you could go to our website, which is thenightlyrant.wordpress.com.